Hi there, this is Edwin Crozier with the Franklin Church of Christ again. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us as we strive to learn how to serve and glorify God, stimulating one another to love and to good deeds. The lesson you're about to hear was presented by one of our brethren here at the Franklin Church, Kenny Wells. Have you ever found yourself at a crossroads? How do you face it? How do you determine which way to move? That's what Kenny wants us to think about. So open your Bibles and listen along and study as we learn how to face the crossroads. Good morning. It's good to be here. I was sitting there thinking about what happened when I spoke back in the fall on Sunday night. came in the auditorium that Sunday night. Carol Ann and I came in about the same time, and she said, well, I put it in the bulletin that you were going to speak, and it looked like they came on anyway. <laughs> so, you're here Wednesday night, you were warned, so you just have to take what you get. I feel that Dale and I have aggravated Carol Ann enough over the years that she deserved one, so I did get mad about that. <laughs> we have guests, as it's already been mentioned. We're so thankful you're here. And if you're traveling, we wish you safe travel on the rest of your journey. And if you are visiting locally, then we sure hope you see something here that might pique your interest to come and be part of our family all the time. And we would love to have you as part of our family here. I feel it only fair to warn you this morning before we start that you may be in trouble. As I got this lesson together, I approached it from a totally different standpoint than I've ever done before. Never before, or always before, when I did a lesson, especially a sermon-type lesson, I always had some type of note system to back me up. Don't have that. I always, at least one time at home, preach it through looking at the watch or clock for your salvation. Haven't done that. So, if you left a roast in the oven at home, or you had plans to be the baddest buffet bar, you may be in trouble. But, maybe not. And usually, oh, there's one thing I left out. Usually, is if you're the fill-in preacher for the evangelist, it's accepted part of that that you can, you're allowed to use a lot of scripture as fillers to get you through that. Well, I haven't done that either. I've got one. But, if you'll allow me your attention for a little while, then maybe we will get through this. I'm convinced that we as human beings, all human beings, at various points in our life, and sometimes numerous times in our lives, find ourselves feeling like we are standing out in the middle of nowhere, at a crossroads, kind of like this, kind of feeling like Job. Or maybe not like Job, but just feel like... How did I get here, and where am I going? And I've kind of been in that frame of mind lately. For those of y'all that might not have heard yet, I've been going through a job change. And for the first time in my life ever, I've been leaving a job that I really liked. And uh, never had that happen before. I've left a few, but I was usually glad to go. But that's going to be okay, and we're going to get through it, and we're trying to get some direction and get going again. But it can leave you feeling like you're just, where have I been? How did I get here? And where am I going? 
I think the worst thing that can possibly happen is what we often do when we find ourselves like that is we try to go back and live in the past. And that gets us in all kinds of trouble. Try to go back and live back here sometime, at some point in time or some place where everything was okay. Everything was warm and fuzzy. Everything was all right. And we keep trying to go back there. And y'all know, I know, as human beings, that just don't work. It don't work. It gets you in all kinds of trouble. So I think one thing that is helpful when we find ourselves standing at that crossroads is to maybe take a good look in the mirror and just ask what got me here. Take a good, honest look in the mirror. I borrowed, has to bring us permission to borrow this mirror. We've got a house full of mirrors, but this is the mirror in our house that I hate the worst. I like most of our mirrors, but this one is one that I'm not real fond of. This little mirror, if you look in it, it makes everything look this big. If I have a piece of sawdust in my eye or a piece of metal or something from dirt or something from the shop, I run in and I do this. But I am very careful to just do this because if you do this or this, it's not a pretty sight. That looks like the backside of the moon. And that's not very good. But if we're going to get direction and we're going to move forward, I'm convinced that we have to take an honest look in the mirror, no matter how hard that is. And that's kind of where I've been. As I looked in the mirror, I kind of looked in three different directions, and I found things in my life that I was fairly pleased about. That probably wouldn't want to change, just maybe build on, build a little better. Found some things in my life that hadn't been doing real bad at, could certainly use some improvement. And I found things in my life that I failed at miserably. And that's what's painful. Because when you look in the mirror and take an honest look, and you just have to say, I have failed miserably at this. It's not easy. But I think it's those positive things that we have in our life that we all can build on and grow from, and it gives us a starting point to move forward. And when we take a look at those and let go of the others and try to fix, help, try to work on the others, then I think we actually start forward. I think groups of people also can find themselves at a crossroads. I'm convinced they can. I am convinced that we that call the, ourselves the Franklin Church of Christ, from here to here and everywhere in between, as a group of people, are standing at a crossroads. And I think it may be a good time for us as a group of people just to take a look in the mirror and see where we've been, how we got here, and where we're going. About three years ago, we went through a really painful time here as a group of people. And I think it may be time that we just say it out loud. That hurt. It was a really painful time. A group of our number left. It was a confusing time. It was a painful time. It was a time that we didn't want to go through. It was a time that, if we, if we think about it, we surely don't want to go through again, but it happened. 
You know, I think it may just be a good time for us just to say that out loud. It hurts. It's painful. It hurt. It happened. There's nothing we can do about it. And if we went through it again, if there's anything we might could have fixed or done better, we might have made a bigger mess than what was to start with. So, where do we go from here? Well, as I said, I found things in my life that I saw that I could improve. I think we might look at that as well. One of the things that I found in my life is I had allowed myself to get bogged down spiritually. Not because of anything any of you had done, not necessarily because of the thing that had happened here three years ago. Personal relationships and things, my relationship with my children, some things. I just allowed myself, I allowed Satan to bog me down spiritually. And what I had to do is just talk to God about it, ask his help. And thankfully, he has helped me with that to some degree. I still have some improvement. But I think we as a group of people can also be bogged down spiritually. But the other area of what I see here, I think we as a group of people have more positive things going on than any one congregation might be allowed. So I told you, uh, changing jobs. I've been in two different businesses in my life and looking at starting a third one. And I am no expert on business, but after 15 years being self-employed, there was a lot of things I knew that I didn't want, to, directions I didn't want to look. I had ruled out, ruled out some things right away. But if I look, you'll allow me for a few minutes to look at our congregation kind of from a business perspective. I wish I could have found, rather than starting another business, I wish I could have found a business that had the prospects that this group of people from here to here that were in between had as a group. Bought the business and just walked in and stuck the key in the door and walked in. Because I believe it would have all kind of potential. Mixed found on that just a little bit. So I look out over our congregation. We have six leaders that we have chosen ourselves. Not a dictatorship. At some point in time, we chose these leaders ourselves. And I personally believe that they are capable of taking us to the moon as leaders. No, that's a poor choice of words. Taking us to heaven. And taking a whole bunch of people with us. We have empty pews here today. I believe they're capable in leading us and filling those up. Taking a bunch of people, a lost people. Not people that have moved in, lost people with us to heaven. Certainly we want the ones that are moving in, but lost people. If I look at this congregation and I take the... It's break it down in the group from, say, 50-ish to our oldest member here. I don't really see Robert Smith here this morning, but I would, I would accuse him of being old. <laughs> anyway, not sure who our oldest member is here. But I, I think this group of people, 
from, say, 50 to the, our oldest member here, and I look at that group, what I see is, as a businessman, thinking spiritual thoughts, we have enough Bible knowledge and just common sense wisdom in that group of people for six congregations. Six congregations this size. We have it here. We have people that know more about the Bible than I will ever know if I live to be 110 in that group of people. If I look at the group from, say, college age to parents really wanting to get the kids out of the house so they can have some peace and quiet again, that group. I see young singles, young couples, Parents with children. Parents with children really want to be grandparents. just hasn't happened yet. In that group of people, I see people who really love God. And in the midst of all this rat race that we've created and all of these things that we're involved in and wild running that we're doing, I see people who are working hard to serve the Lord who are studying their Bible, who are interested in getting to heaven, interested in this, their children going to heaven, interested in their nieces and nephews, and are praying for people. I see in that group all kinds of potential. And speaking of our children, our children, no, I'm not going to call them anything. Brenda and I, I told you I've been bogged down spiritually. I hadn't been teaching for a while, and Brenda was going to teach middle school last quarter. And Mark talked me into teaching with her. And Brenda's the teacher, I'm the assistant. And we had a little warning beforehand about the group that we were going to have. What we were told was, they're a good group. We had no idea what we were in for. We averaged about seven or eight every class. And it was unbelievable. We made the whole quarter. We never once, did we, Brenda? Not once had to get on to a child, did we? Not once. It didn't happen. They came to class with their Bibles. They came to class with their lessons prepared. They were attentive. Parents, they're saying, yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and please, and thank you, without you having to tell them. They're doing that. It was a wonderful experience. Was, they did much more for me spiritually than I ever could possibly do for them in one quarter. We have a wonderful group of children. And I hear equally as good of things about the group above them and the group below them. Our young people here are our greatest asset. And I look at the young people, and we can credit them. They're making choices to do what's good and right. My mom and daddy's not around. But also, I contribute that to a bunch of blue ribbon parents that we have. We're really concerned about these children's spiritual well-being. Blue ribbon parents. That's what it takes to get children to heaven, and that's what it takes for our, the church of tomorrow to be good and strong. I think we have that. 
Edmund. If you're here as a guest, you missed a really good lesson today because Edwin was gone. I promise you. He always has a good one. But I'm going to take Edwin out of the evangelist role today. And I'm going to put him and Marita and their family in the group with the parents and the children. For the last six months, Edwin and Marita have been hosting a Bible study in their home most of the time. We swap out some for the people on the south end of the the members in the south end each Friday night. We've been doing that for six months. And I found out something really special about Edwin and Marita. I honestly believe that if Edwin was a landscape person or a what are you doing? Railroad person or a plumber or a whoever, and they were worshiping here with us. I don't believe anything would be different. I don't think their work ethic, work ethic would be much different, if any. I don't really think it'd be any. I think they would be on fire for the Lord. I think they would be equally as interested in their children going to heaven. And that's special to me. That's encouraging to me to see somebody like that. That he is our evangelist, but I honestly believe that nothing much would change uh, if he was just worshiping here with us. When I look out over this group, what I see is a congregation waiting to bloom. Spring is all around us. Things are blooming. But I think our spring is here as well. But the potential that we've got, I don't see, if we apply ourselves any at all, I don't see how we could keep from blooming, from the leadership down. So, what are we going to do? What's your plan? I can't speak to you, but in looking in the mirror, I'll tell you what Kenny's going to do. I told you I looked in the mirror, when I looked in the mirror, I saw some things I failed miserably at. One of the things that I failed miserably at is being a spiritual follower. And I've asked God to forgive me for that. Here today, I'm going to ask David and Charles and Phil and those three other guys that are all off in spring break. You may have heard I was speaking today. <laughs> anyway, they find it in their heart to forgive me for that. But I'm going to make you a promise. I honestly believe that you are six guys are capable of leading us to the moon spiritually. So I'm going to rally behind you. Until something happens that violates this book, I'm going to be behind you. And if we hit some bumps in the road, we'll get through it. I feel like we will. And we will go on. That's what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? What is your plan? Well, I promised you a scripture. I have one. 
please take your Bibles out, if you will. If you don't have your Bibles with you, please, if you have a pencil and a piece of paper, I want you to write a verse down. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Many times when we read and study the Bible, we need to back up or look forward or look at the whole thing in context. We're asking not to do that this morning. It'll be a rare occasion when we don't need to do that. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. That single verse. I want you all to read that. Y'all read it. I'm not even going to read it. I want you to read it. What does that verse mean to you? Philippians 2, 13. We all lost our sleep last night, so you may want to mark that and go home this week. And I'd encourage you to do that. Look at it again. Think about it. And maybe look at it again Tuesday and look at it again Wednesday and see. Decide what that verse means to you as an individual Christian. Philippians 2.13. Well, that's my last I believe we're going to beat him there. As I said, we're waiting to bloom. What are you going to do? Bless your songbook. I haven't said much this morning, or said anything else this morning at all about the God's plan for our salvation and talked about it at all. But I think most of you here are familiar with that. Could be that there's somebody here that's feeling bogged down. Maybe just need to go home and talk to God about this. I did. And he's helping. It'll work. Could be that you feel like you failed miserably at something. From somebody that was born with a double dose of manly pride, I can tell you, it's not easy to stand before a group of people and say, I failed. But, I tell you, Sure makes you feel better after you've done it. Could be in this group of fine young people with all this Bible knowledge and some of them that are well above their age, their years and age, that somebody here that would like to put on Christ in baptism this morning. And what better way to end a beautiful spring day than to do that? of baptism. If we can assist you in any way, please come. I certainly hope this lesson has been edifying to you. If you have any questions about the Franklin Church or about your own life within God's grace, please give us a call at 615-794-2359, or you may contact us through our website, www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. Perhaps someone has given you this lesson on audio tape or on CD. If that's the case, would you please go to that website that I just mentioned. Again, it's franklinchurchofchrist.com. We have numerous lessons, both in outline and in audio format. You're free to download them and use them in whatever way you believe will help glorify God. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him. More importantly, may you richly bless God.